the worst thing you can probably do is if you don't fully understand who you want to speak to and how you want them to act, is just to go browsing through catalogs and, and uh, picking something because you like it. You actually need to pick the product for the end user, not for yourself. Brand merchandising is so much more than a logo on a pen. We're here today with Chief Brandmaker, Bo Worsley from The Brandmakers. He's going to show us how the right brand merchandise can help your business grow, including exactly how much you need to get started. Let's get into it. Hello, Bo. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. Well, thanks for the invitation. So we're going to jump right into it. As a chief brand maker, what role does brand merchandise play in the digital age? Yeah, definitely. Well, I suppose there's a couple of reasons why it worked before and then there's a lot of reasons why it works now. As we automate so much and we go digital with so many things, what tends to fall back is actually relationships. So where merchandise comes in is not to replace digital or anything else with trying to acquire a new customer. It's actually to cement a relationship and get out of the transactional business and get into that that deeper commitment that people feel towards a brand. So that's where merchandise really plays a, a really good part. On that, how can brand merchandise help a business grow, whether it be for brand awareness or through lead generation? Brand merch can be used in uh, means to help cement a deal. So, so they may have come in via a website inquiry, that sort of thing. Merchandise can be either be used as an incentive, um, sign up with us with this package and, you know, you get this welcome pack from us, you know, feel really special. Or it could be used in a way of just giving your brand legitimacy. So digital marketing is enormously powerful. Uh, can be You can filter down to left-handed nuns. You know, you can pretty much do whatever you like with that medium. But the same medium has a lot of misinformation. So therefore, it doesn't, doesn't give a lot of trust in a lot of cases. You have to be out there quite a lot. Merchandise is tangible. It's in people's hands. You know, you've gone to the trouble of putting your brand on something. The product is worth something. It's useful. And this helps to give legitimacy to all of the other marketing activity you do. So that's what it really does is it cements what you're doing in other spaces and helps that that medium become more successful. Thinking about uh, a newer business, but they're ready to kind of go the next step. What merchandise have you found is good for businesses to start with? And what sort of budget would you recommend they start with to do that? Yeah, that's um, that could be difficult because some businesses only need three customers to generate as much wealth as they, they need. But if I'm going to paint some broad strokes for you, I'd say in the beginning part, you, you look at your business. So you've got transactional customers that come to you uh, once and there's no point, you know, really trying to create a relationship there. Then, then they need you, they grab you when they need you. But then you've got either contracted or relationship customers that come back all the time. And I'll use, let's use Bunnings as an example. They have trade customers who are builders and, and handymen and they have accounts and they're, they're in there buying every single day. And then there's the weekend warriors who just come there when they need a drill bit or some screws. They spend a lot of money cultivating those relationships with the builders because they're worth so much more to them and there's so much more capacity for them. So when you're looking at a business, I would say if you have those sort of opportunities, that's where we would spend money to help cultivate is those longer-term relationships, those ones that are going to drive uh, longer-term business. They're going to be worth more to you over a period of time. So in answer to your question, it would be directly relate to how many of those you need. So if we break it the other way, I would say any sort of campaign you do, you test and measure first, right? So so if I was uh, a business, a small business, and I had a bricks-and-mortar shop, 
and I'm chasing that quality of work, I would start off with something like $500 or $1,000. I would create some product to cultivate the right kind of relationships and then I'd sit back at the end and work out what worked well, what didn't. I'd actually go out and hunt, chase that business. In our business, we don't wait for people to come through our door. We're constantly talking to, to people all the time and we're creating our own success. So for other businesses, for the most part, you can do that too. You don't need to wait. You don't, you don't need to open your doors in the morning and wait for somebody to come through your door. You identify who the right kind of customer is. As I said, $500 or $1,000 is a starting point. And then you create these tools that help to engage those people and help them break a relationship. They're ultimately spending with someone else right now. You're trying to unseat that relationship and bring it across to you. Are there any staple products that you would recommend that all businesses should have? I'd um, definitely say get your house in order in, in terms of what your visual identity looks like. You know, not all businesses use business cards and, and brochures, but if you're, if you're trying to sell a service that requires a higher level of trust, some of these documents can actually really help tell that story for you. Most people are really bad, you know, tooting their own horn. So sometimes you need some of this collateral just to help say the things that you don't feel comfortable saying yourself. So I'd say getting, getting your house in order with, with, um, with products that actually benefit and complement your brand is a good starting place. In terms of giveaways and, and merch like that, whatever you do, do not um, just put pens on your counter at the office and just hope for the best, you know. Yes, it's true that if you bought 500 pens and 100 people took them and 50 people kept them and, you know, three people kept them for longer than 12 months, it's going to do something for you. But it's so hit and miss. It's, it really is. That's the shotgun approach of just throwing mud at a wall and hoping things stick. It's, it, there's a lot more ways that you can spend money and get, get a, a real return, you know, directly correlate what you want to achieve and actually get. Completely agree. And, well, you just spoke about the pens, but is there any merchandise that you just would not recommend businesses waste their time on? Products in one hand could be highly effective and in others it's just not the right fit. We took over a, a company which was an insurance company, very large, spent a lot of money, but their program was they they acknowledged when somebody made a claim because that's the make or break whether you stay with your insurance company. And for them, they had this raft of products that were created, a coffee mug, an umbrella, you know, th- things in of themselves that probably have a use. But what happened was they got sent out automatically. So... So we've got examples before we took over their account, which was somebody lost their roof and they sent them an umbrella. Now, that's definitely a case of the product. It, oh it's dear. not funny. It's, you know, you, if you didn't laugh, you'd cry. It's, it's, um, for them, that was enormously damaging. And the one thing we did straight away was we scrapped that whole program and reworked it from the ground up. Probably for the best. Yeah. Yeah, I often find that um, pens are the item that you go to, like the bottle of wine at Christmas when you, you don't put any thought into it. So it's not that I dislike the product, it's just usually there hasn't been enough mm. thought put into that product itself and we could have done something that was a little more relevant and, and tied to a result. I think we should probably give people a couple of ideas for some out-of-the-box things they can definitely do. So let's say you had a plumber come to you. What sort of things could you do to really help them stand out? Create a, a pack that went to the homeowner. Something simple and tangible. You know, think of shopping lists on fridges. You know, old-fashioned, but in days where people are busy, it's these sort of items they just get used. But I want to stay, I want that brand to stay in someone's eye line. So, so anything that's useful in and around the home, the idea is you want to create opportunities to um, get referral business. You want the friends and family. 
So from that point of view, I would create products that are designed around entertaining. It could be simple, like a drink or a bottle opener, cheese board, something that comes out when people are entertaining. The amount of times we've done for, say, mortgage brokers, uh, a cooler bag large enough for that when people go over to their friend's house, and we've that's all we're doing is, yes, it's to feel good for the person who's receiving it, but we want their friends and family. So those are the products that we're creating to to get that referral opportunity. Do you ever have people coming to you and saying, look, I want to get more people to my website or actually pointing them to their social media or something like that? If you have any people coming to you like that, what is your recommendation to tie it in with their merchandising? Yeah, well, the biggest thing they'll need is an opportunity to distribute the product. So, so whether that's driven from events and you want to steer people to the website because that's a great way to, to bring people in through the business. But the one thing you need first is the opportunity to touch people. So you're either going to do that in one of two ways. You're, you're going to different places and, and, and events. You're, you're taking your message to community groups and sponsoring local sports teams, or you're doing it through your current clients. So every time you, you do a job for a person, you're either giving something to them or in the case of trade businesses, they're, they're creating the opportunity three doors either side and, and trying to create a, their next job out of this job. But, uh, but that's the biggest thing you'll need. Whereas digital, you're, you're sort of broadcasting with our product. It really is a one-to-one form of marketing. So you need that outlet to be able to get that product out there. So for someone who may be new to all of this, what sort of questions should they be asking a provider? Yeah, the biggest thing they need to be doing is leaning on that expertise. Uh, so from that point of view, they need to say what their problem is. They need to give that person a clue on who their customer is, um, what they hope to do. Just understanding the problem sometimes is enough for for a provider who knows their product inside out to find the right fit. The worst thing you can probably do is if you don't fully understand who you want to speak to and how you want them to act, is just to go browsing through catalogs and and, uh, picking something because you like it. You actually need to pick the product for the end user, not for yourself. There'd be a lot of business owners out there who don't have the creative talents or don't feel like they can actually design or write a catchphrase or anything like that. Is that something that you and people who do what you do can actually help them with? I can't speak for everyone, but my team definitely can. Um, it's something that I wouldn't enter into immediately. I'd, I'd let it simmer. I'd, I'd run the ideas past your, your honest friends network. You know, you don't just get it, be into a situation where it's yourself and the person who's ultimately trying to sell you something, um, that never that never generates the best kind of work. So from that point of view, I definitely lean on them for ideas. I'd see the ones that resonate. This is just as important as your logo, the name of your company, because you have to live with this this phrase, this identity. And you also have to have a, a reason to use it. If it's not going to generate some sort of complementary uh, feeling towards your business, or it's not further explaining your business, if your name isn't that that relevant or identifies what you do that well, um, it's not doing it's not doing you any good, and you're just best to be without it completely. That's good advice. Yeah, definitely. Because going into this, I think it'd be really easy to just throw your logo, like you said, on some pens and think, okay, job done. But yeah, this is why people like you are out there to make sure people actually get value for their money and their business. And there's also something to be said about. After you say who you are, or you name your business, what's the next thing you actually want them to know? If I was a business owner with that plumbing business, if I just went to the corner of a local 
street in in the city that I operated and just started shouting my business name, nobody would care. They'd think I was crazy. <laughs> Likely, yes. <laughs> but if I communicated, you know, this is what we do, we do it really well, and this is why we should be your next, you know, provider of this service, um, that actually means something. So just putting your logo on things is often doing yourself some good, but not as much as you could get out of that product. Always seek to add value, I guess, is a good way to put it. If anyone out there has any questions for Bo or what he can do for your business, be sure to head over to thebrandmakers.com.au. We will also link it in the description box below so you've got that quick access and can see all the different ways that you can grow your business with merchandising. But again, thank you, Bo. Thank you both. This podcast is brought to you by Local Search, one of Australia's leading full-suite digital marketing services. They help more than 28,000 Australian businesses, making everything from building a website and SEO to Google ads, social ads and more easy, effective and affordable. Go and check out their more than 400 online reviews. And while this podcast will give you the basics, if you do need a hand, visit business.localsearch.com.au. We respectfully acknowledge the Yukonbeh people, the traditional owners of the land in which we record on, and pay our respects to their elders past and present.